you, and here we go with another episode of We Talk Comics. On there and in your ear, I'm still diabetic, and I'm still the Crown Prince of Charisma. I'm still Mo, and it is still episode number something. Let's say it's 194. Uh, we talk, and we're calling it Clean It Up. And what it is, is we just have a lot of uh, audio. We're just going to throw together in a couple episodes here. Uh, audio that we haven't used for some reason or another, and uh, no, no good reason why. Uh, it's kind of lost audio, though, that kind of got put in the archives and then forgotten about, I think is a fair way to say, or, or we had other uses for it and those things didn't quite pull together. So we are now going to use them. A lot, a lot of this is actually coming from the Edmonton Comic and Entertainment Expo um, in 2017. But um, Brett, what, do we, uh, what exactly do we have here? You took place in a couple of scrums. Do you want to start there or do you want to start, what do you want to start with? Or do you want to tell stories from the show? Uh, well, yeah, yeah, it's funny. Uh, there's a lot of stories I know that uh, that I don't actually remember anymore. But uh, <laughs> but it's amazing no, how the, well I do. It's yeah, a funny well, story. I don't forget it. There you go. There you go. Um, so I mean, you can feel free to tell a funny story, or we can kick right to an interview. Okay, well, let's let's uh, start with then with um, actually. I'll tell a funny story. Remember, I remember it opened up with first day of the expo. I, I was wondering what we're going to get into because it's a little different. They have a, I really like their convention center in Edmonton. I think it's far superior to the one we're dealing with here in Calgary. It's much nicer. And, but, I, you know, how about I start with going into the washroom and uh, other people follow me into the washroom and, and I'm sitting there using the urinal. And here's a good story to start with, eh, Brent? And uh, all of a sudden I hear, uh, I hear, uh, you know, somebody say, I hate you. I hate you so much. And I look at him, and he's looking down at his penis, screaming at it. And uh, anyways, that was Edmonton. That was uh, my first thought of, my first uh, image of Edmonton. Man, screaming at his penis. I remember telling yeah. Ryan Ferrier the story, and Ryan Ferrier goes, eh, we've all been there. Out of curiosity, was this guy in cosplay? Could he have no. been to, no. No. talking to his costume that he couldn't get his no. junk out? No. Or... It was out. It was definitely out. He just didn't like it very much. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've talked to my zipper before when, you know, things aren't working properly that way. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. He was specifically talking to his penis. He hates it. He, he hates, hates it, it so much. It's bad. It's bad. So that's a good start with Edmonton. Uh, from there, we went on to have a great, a great, uh, um, uh, time at the show and uh, like i say Brett, you got a couple of scrums some of these are these are these are not comic people these are actors actors yes now the the first scrum that, that we got to be a part of uh i actually didn't get to ask a question they completely managed to forget about me which uh which was i mean but they apologized profuse, profusely afterwards oh for sure and they were they were really nice guys i'll i will absolutely give them that they were wonderful uh wonderful gents to talk to but overall no questions and given that i don't really watch supernatural well then it kind of turned out okay anyways though i'm sure my questions would have been better but uh, that's okay i don't know we uh, talked... I, I i those people that were in the scrum with you and for also for the other girl that that you managed to talk to later um they really knew their stuff like they clearly watched these shows and uh we don't have time to do everything which no nope. you know. it's true it's true but we talked to adam fergus and then we also talked to David Hayden Jones. And, if, this, and if, they, if their answers are dated or out of date, well, now you know why. It's still enjoyable. Exactly. But you won't hear my voice, per se. But you will Thank hear you a whole stars. bunch of other people's uh, people's voice. Well, you're listening to my voice now. But, yeah, uh, but anyway, too much of it on the podcast. So get to that, the That's right. Okay. Shoot. All right. So how are you guys supposed to start with the team? How are you guys finding it? It's amazing. It's a very different convention than the ones I've done before. So everything's out in the open, and uh, we're kind of it's, it feels very much part of one group. You know, it's good, good fun. Yeah, it's really nice for me to be back in Edmonton too, because Edmonton was uh, my big city growing up. So as a Saskatchewan Alberta boy, like coming having the full circle of the career and being here, it's like it's a real gift. It's really fun. You guys are also like matching today with the blue suits. Well, is this planned? It wasn't. It, it wasn't not intentional. <laughs> 
But the color coordination was uh, was kismet. Uh, happen, yeah, nice exactly. happenstance. Yeah. So he he knew he was bringing a suit, but we didn't know that they were going to be this cool yes. together. And I didn't realize I was going to bring it's a tissue really with my oh, pocket square because yeah. I had my pocket square at home. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So this is a phoenix. That is British Men of Letters ingenuity right there. Right there. Be able to fashion a pocket square out of a clean And I've blown my nose in it as well. <laughs> That's how it stays. <laughs> classy. 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 Keep it classy. Tally from Game of Fraction here. Hi, Tally. I love you. I'm teasing. Um, so, is there any truth to a Scooby-Doo episode? It is confirmed. Yes, absolutely. Because yeah, because officially it happened. They let the cat out of the bag uh, at Juice and Billow. Yeah, at JibCon, and so and Jared and Jared did it. So I'm clean. I'm like, I'm like. <laughs> No, because we're already dead. Yeah. Which is spoiler. Yeah, spoiler. We're dead. Sorry if you haven't watched season twelve. <laughs> okay, sorry. It's all good. There goes my nighttime plans. Say that again? There goes my nighttime plans. <laughs> Who's up? Who's up next? Okay. Hi, Jake Fester at Two Weekly. Hey, Jacob. Uh, hi, Jacob. Hi, Jacob. I just kind of wanted to talk to you about Supernatural to show really utilizing kind of the Canadian kind of filming in Canada. Yeah. Working. So I just kind of wanted to talk to you about against the backdrop of all of your experience as actors working in Canada, what are kind of like an even... What does it feel? It's kind of different than working anywhere else. Well, like the Canadian people are some of the most friendly people, friendliest people in the world. You know, I, this is, I'm lucky enough to have done a show in Toronto for two years for the CBC called Being Erica. And I was literally, I was a younger actor. I was like, you know, it was like seven or eight years ago. And uh, I was plucked out of London. I was living at the time. And the next week I was here filming, or not here, but in Canada filming. And um, it was just, it was, I was made feel at home. And there, you're, you guys are such warm people and um, super nice and friendly and uh, it's, it makes makes working away from home so much easier. Does that carry over on set? In terms of kind of Absolutely, that? yeah. Yeah, like the crews are so friendly, you know, it's like, a, it can, and it can be tough enough, like working in, working in an industry like we do with uh, experienced crews, you know, sometimes, you know, they're not as you know, nice and friendly as you want to be, especially on day 160 of a, you know, a three-month shoot or whatever, um, at six o'clock in the morning in the freezing cold, you know, but I have to say I've never had any issues and uh, like it's nothing but, but, but positives coming out of working at Yeah, I've worked with amazing crews. What's nice for me is being a dual citizen and a Canadian having grown up in Canada and coming back to like Vancouver and Toronto and, and Montreal even is, is exactly that. I'm just going to say ditto basically, but just like Canadian crews, a lot less grumpy, a lot friendlier, and when you're with people that much in any work environment, right? You're always gonna, you know, seeing too much of the same people over and over again can, in any work environment, can be, uh, you know, challenging. Yeah. <laughs> and so you live with these people like really long hours. So if there's an attitude already of kind of kindness and just friendly. You know, it helps. It just helps the, the whole vibe of the set. Yeah, and it, and it also comes from the top down too. Like, you yeah. know, if you have people like Jensen and Jared who are the two leads in Supernatural and Misha setting the tone from that, that level. And I did the show called Being Erica. Erin Carflug was the lead out and she's like a Canadian sweetheart, gorgeous girl. And she, you know, they, it's, they set the tone. So when, if they're really positive um, from the morning, like through the night, um, then it kind of trickles down to the rest of the crew as well. And I would also say with Canadian actors, when you come back to Canada, and there's a lot of Canadian actors on the thing who have probably done a lot of theater or, you know, like, especially in Toronto. There's a there's a different kind of, like, it's more British in the sensibility of the Canadian actor because it's the journeyman actor as opposed to the celebrity actor. Yeah. And that changes the tone, too, where it's like, Absolutely. there's nothing like theater people. You know what I mean? Like, there's a very different vibe when you, like, are in a green room or, and, you you, you, you know, you've, you've been on a show for a long time and you know people have done theater or been in the clubs or, or you know, as opposed to, I'm a celebrity who got here because I had like I showed my and you know I have you know from the bleeders. Look at that suit. I got a shot of the suit. Let me walk that get in here. Yeah. Um, how are you? How you doing? Hey, that's nice to meet you. You look dope, man. All right, thanks, Dominic. Ditch, I've got one question, and I know people are gonna bust my ball this one. To sum up your TV show in one word, what would it be? Supernatural. I was just gonna say the same thing. Uh, it's like, I, uh, <laughs> all right, you got supernatural. Violence. 
and the winner goes to Violet. Oh my God! That you win. That it awesome. is in the best way, and it the, is in the existential way. Did nobody have yeah. okay. um, Now, somebody posed to me, both of you died in the show. Yeah. But there could be a possibility for you guys coming back. Without well, that's that's a blanket statement for any character on the show. Yeah. If you could come back, alternate reality, yeah. which I think the next season's getting into. Yeah. How do you want to come back? As an, as an angel. As an angel? As an angel. Oh, jeez. Like a dark angel is going to like seek revenge on the people. Oh. Somebody will, oh, okay, all right. Uh, and if I was writing my own story, is basically what you're asking me, if I could yeah. bring myself yeah. back, I would love to see Catch take the place of King of Hell as a demon. Oh, shit. Mark Shepard will be very annoyed, uh, no, but yeah. I, wow. He knows I said that. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. Thank, thank you, man. Thank you, Appreciate it. Thank, you. thank yeah. you so much, man. Awesome. You all good? Thanks, all right. Thanks, all guys. Right. Thank you. All right, Brett. So, final thoughts on your interview? Well, Again, they were super nice guys. Um, I don't have. I still haven't watched Supernatural, so it it really doesn't matter. <laughs> Chris, you ever watched Supernatural? Do you know who those people are? Uh no. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? If they're offered a uh, opportunity, and now you know why we haven't used this audio. But if we're offered an opportunity to take place in a media scrum, we always will. <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take it, and hopefully, we'll be able to have uh, better better questions. <laughs> well, well. A question, I guess. Well, remember your next question. I remember exactly what it was because you and I were trying to come up with one. I'm like, oh, oh, she's been in a lot of stuff even though she's young. Ask her what she gets recognized the most from. And now that, and you were, we were both like, yeah, that's a great question. Yeah. And now I think back and go, shit, that's a bad question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, she was, she was sweet. She was very nice. Jodell Furland um, from Cabin in the Woods, Dark Matter, Silent Hill. I mean, Super, super nice. They gave me the chance to ask the first question because I got uh, nope. neglected on the last one. But uh, but she was definitely uh, um, very nice overall. Well, that's just enough to uh, make me watch the entire, like, 15-season series. Of Dark Matter? I meant, she, I thought she was on Supernatural as well. No. no, we said Dark Matter, Cabin in the Woods, and what was the other one, Brett? Silent Hill. Oh, Silent Hill. Silent I've seen Hill. Dark Matter, never mind. Yeah, well, I've seen Dick Cabin in the Woods, but she was still serving very sweet. Hi there, I'm Brett from We Time Podcast. Hi, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Uh, so let me see now. You managed to star in a lot of amazing properties in your, in your young life. Do you find that there are properties that people associate you with more than others? Mm, definitely some more than others. I mean, I've been acting as long as I can remember, literally. I mean, I started when I was two years old, so there's definitely going to be some things that are less popular than others or less well-known. Um, I think I think it depends what people are into. Um, if people like horror, then they know me from Silent Hill, probably. Um, but uh, Dark Matter has definitely been a popular one lately. A lot of people seem to be recognizing me from that. Uh, can I get your thoughts and feelings on, on this cancellation of the show? I know it's really sad, but... My thoughts are that it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I really, really genuinely love working on that show. Um, I'm a big geek myself, and I, I love sci-fi, and so to be able to work on a sci-fi show was fantastic. Um, and, I mean, I would have watched it anyway, so to be able to be a part of it was just awesome. Uh, and I'm sad that I won't be able to anymore, but... Um, I, I think that they're going to try to finish it off in a comic book, hopefully, um, so that at least we can have an ending. Because, of course, we would never have ended it on a cliffhanger if we knew that we wouldn't get to keep going. Um, and I want to know what happens with the rest of the show, because I don't even know. The, only the writers do. So I would love to be able to read a comic book about the Raza crew. So I'm hoping that's what will happen. Can you uh, speak a little bit to your time on the show as well? Like, like some of the memories that you may have had? Oh, just, I mean, it was three years, three amazing years uh, with co-stars who felt like family, and uh, we had so 
much fun together um, on and off set and that's partly why I love doing these conventions as well. Um, I know it's just me at this one but a lot of the time we have some of my Dark Matter co-stars with me which is really nice because I really do love spending time with them. Um, and yeah, we just, we had a blast making it uh, and I feel so lucky that I got to work with those people and uh, we'll be friends forever so you know at least if I don't get to work with them anymore we still have those friendships and that's that's important to me. How do you feel about the fan petition for the show? I think it's amazing. I, I always knew that we had really great fans, but now more than ever, we're realizing how dedicated our fan base is, and they're louder than ever, and I think it's incredible, and I really appreciate it. So we're all from fandoms. What fandom are you from? What do you support and love? <laughs> all of them. <laughs> I, uh, I like a little bit of everything. I really like anime, but I also love you know sci-fi and, um, and cartoons. I, I love everything from Adventure Time to like. Archer and Bojack Horseman to Doctor Who and Firefly and Death Note and literally a little bit of everything. What comic book character would you love to play and bring to life? Oh, that's a tricky one. Um, you can have multiples. <laughs> I uh, I love Scott Pilgrim. I know it's already been done, but I want to be Ramona Flowers. <laughs> that would be really cool. Any video game characters you want to bring to life other than Silent Hill, which you've already done? Ooh, can I like? Again? Can I be myself in Bioshock? I was the little <laughs> sisters in the second Bioshock, and I really want to cosplay them because normally it'd be really weird to cosplay yourself, but seeing as I technically was only the voice and never actually put that outfit on, I think it'd be really fun. Were you silent full hand? Oh, yeah, awesome. Thank you. Just one more. Just one more. I just, you're from Canada. Yeah. You are big in the horror scene, and it's no secret that the Canadian horror community, especially in terms of film crew and set design and the people who work here, what do you have to say about the horror community in Canada and specifically? working on Canadian sets and on Canadian projects or American projects that are filmed in Canada? <laughs> um, well, I'm always happy to be able to work in my own country. I, uh, I was born and raised in BC and, um, you know, it's always nice to be able to travel all over and work with different people, but Canada has a special place in my heart. I'm never going to move away from here. I love it so much. Uh, so to be able to work on Canadian projects is ideal for me and I love it so much. And, um, and yeah, I I think it's amazing that uh, that we have like so much work in Canada and um, I mean I feel like we've got a lot of really great sci-fi and horror coming from Canada and um, I'm really proud of that. Awesome, thanks. 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 Thank you guys. Alright, that's the, uh, the last one. Here, I'll share another story. That's the last of those media interviews. Uh, did we have any floor interviews uh, that we conducted, Brett, with uh, comic creators, or did we just set up interviews for down the road? I think that's all we did. Uh, this yeah, is we where just you, set up you, interviews. Uh, Fabian Nicieza, if I'm saying the name Nicieza. right. Nicieza. Nicieza, I'm close. Uh, you know, uh, I got him to introduce himself. This is where you, you hosted the panel with him. It was tremendous. Uh, all the stories from that panel, we did not record, but we, we pretty much got every single one of them on the uh, on the the podcast he did where he guested with us and we had so much fun and a lot more. So people please go back in the archives and listen to that one. It's a tremendous, that a complete, that's a great episode. One of our best. Absolutely. He was just, if you wanted to hear great stories of people and events from the nineties and Marvel, that's your episode. Uh, and if you want Fabian. to hear, no, what's that? Fabian's awesome. Oh, Fabian's awesome. Yeah. And if you want to hear no Deadpool from him or cable or anything like that, that's your episode. Yes. Because <laughs> you, you know, can hear I, that everywhere. I do have one regret about that episode. What's that? Is it then when he thanked us for not talking about Deadpool? Mm -hmm. I took a really negative turn and went, yeah, yeah. Who wants to hear about that guy? <laughs> <laughs> Which was my honest reaction. But really, I... <laughs> I really hope Fabian didn't take it the wrong way. Fabian, uh, Fabian he's all is, right. is kind of a curmudgeon, so he probably took took everything the wrong way. Yeah, <laughs> and yet he liked us enough to hook us up with Jeff Gomez. That's later. Right. So, so it was it was pretty good. So uh, this this uh, story, um, uh, a couple more. This is a good one. I remember walking the floor of the expo, and we're walking by, and you have all these vendors, and these vendors are they're just. 
They'll do anything. Like a lot of these vendors, they're like, it's it's a tough way to make a living. Like you got to make a certain amount of money, make your table back, and then turn a profit. And you got to turn a profit based on how much you pay for the products. They're trying their best to sell the. And there, I remember walking by. We're on the floor, and there's this vendor, and this girl asks, "What's this for?" And because it was it was a um, like a notepad with uh, movies. She had a bunch of different movies, and and notepads with like posters from the movies on the cover. And I guess notepads are something kids don't see anymore now that they have cell phones. But so so she and the, and the girl goes, oh, what you do this this is notepads and they're notepads for the movies. So what you do is you take this notepad. And she grabs one and she holds it up in front of her and and then as you're watching the movie, you write your movie experience into the notepad. So that's what makes it special just for that movie. You should you want to buy it? And the girl goes, "Mommy, can I?" And mommy looks at it and goes, "No," and walks away. And I'm like, "Why was the mom so mad?" Then I look, and the movie was uh, Johnny Depp in Blow. This girl was like six. So <laughs> that's that's uh, vendors will do anything to make a buck. They're desperate. But uh, I also remember talking to Larry Hama, and you'll love this, Chris, because I asked him. I said, um, uh, just got up and got something signed from him, and and I asked him, so how difficult was it doing uh, the Nam in the '80s? And having to fit within the comics code, and he goes, "Oh, that was tough," because because Larry doesn't have a lot of energy. <laughs> like nice guy, not a lot of energy. He goes, "It was hard." He goes, "Uh, you know, there was things we couldn't do. Wouldn't let us call the new the the soldiers FNGs, you know, or even cherries. Couldn't call them that." He goes, "And oh, we we're in Nam." We used to get these cans that came from America. It was just food. It was ham inside it and green beans, and they just mushed it together. And it was this big jelly-like thing that was just ham and green beans mushed. And it was it was uh, pink and green. So we used to call it pink and green motherfuckers. Then he looks at me really sad and goes, they wouldn't let me use that either. <laughs> it's awesome. Larry, Larry Hama's kind of the, the Eeyore of... The uh... Eeyore of... Yeah, exactly. Gonna have to use, can't say, green and pink motherfuckers and comic codes. Oh, well. Having reread those issues, there are a lot of horrors. (laughs) (laughs) In war, you don't say. (laughs) Uh, uh, But they wouldn't use pink and green motherfuckers. Uh, Actually, I... I was kind of curious. I didn't think it would be on Marvel's Unlimited, but that's where you read it, Mom? Yeah, I read the first 20 issues, yeah. The, oh, okay. the first 20 issues up there for, for a few years now, a couple of years. Um, yeah, it's a great series. Great series. I also love it. Not as much as you, but I still think it's really solid stuff. So anyways, uh, that'll lead us to the, the final thing that we have, which is one of our scriptments. So you people are probably familiar if you're regular listeners. If you're not... Uh, we take unproduced Hollywood films and we um, we perform them. Uh, so this was in Edmonton where where they haven't done as many. We kind of brought back some of our greatest hits. So we brought back the Nick Cage Superman so I could do my wonderfully best uh, Nick Cage impression in all of Western Canada. Right, Brent? Oh, you're, it, yeah, it, it's, it's nuanced. Nuanced. Uh, you know, I'm a talent. And then... Uh, yeah, we also did uh, uh, the Jack Black Green Lantern, and that's what opens it. And I'm sorry, we actually, because the recording didn't work for the first scene, so you kind of get a hard into the into the actual panel. It'll be taking part in the middle of that. That's where Jack Black and uh, who was it that wrote it, Brett? Um, uh, Smigel, Robert Smigel. Yes, yeah, right. So the man who did the voice of Triumph, the insult comic dog. He he uh, ended up uh, writing this comedy hard R-rated script for. Uh, for Green Lantern that never got, uh, with Jack Black starting, that never got taken off. Um, so we open up with that, and uh, we had the the canon, f- no, it was the James Cameron, Spider-Man. Yep. And uh, I feel like we had one more. Oh, yeah, it was Sergeant Rock. We did the That's S- right. Schwarzenegger's Sergeant Rock. And uh, on our panel, we had Mallory Liness, who's from Panel 1. And Ashley Hartley, also from Panel 1. Please check out Panel 1, your place for uh, Calgary independent comic book creators and all their work and uh, great events if you're interested in getting into comics and stuff. Uh, who else was on the panel? Alexander Finbo himself, Brett? That's right, Alexander Finbo, Jeff Martin. 
Jeff Martin doing a, a, a replacing last minute replacement for Ryan Ferrier because Ferrier before has done a great Schwarzenegger for us. This time Jeff Martin steps in and does a hell of a Schwarzenegger. And there's and because I'm on the panel this time, I played Stallone as a character, so we have a Schwarzenegger Stallone Sergeant Rock uh, reading basically going on. Um, fantastic. And Stephanie Chan. Stephanie Chan, yep. Oh, when you listen to it, you won't forget wow. it. If you could have seen her in person, um, there's a little bit that of... was one of those cases where I really wish we had video on it because her performance with Alexander Finbo in the, uh, in the James Cameron Spider-Man was... Because the James Cameron Spider-Man, the James Cameron Spider-Man is all about Mary Jane and uh, and Peter Parker boning. Basically, that's the the key scene. And uh, when they were reading it, it it, it got a little. Um, they started acting it out, or at least she really did. And uh, yep, it was I, on the table, and I, that, it was it was racy, and uh, and I it was we, wonderful. I thought we were going to get kicked out, and there's and there's um, uh, Alex going, oh, we can't. You know, careful. There's a kid in the audience, and me going, "That's Brett's kid," and you going, "Yeah, he's heard it all before." <laughs> <laughs> so it's great stuff, and uh, yeah, um, hopefully everybody has a lot of fun listening to it. Thanks very much, and we'll be back soon. Out. This is Ashley's first time, so I just <laughs> want to just give her a little little note. When you see int dot, yeah. that means interior, not international. What? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, I, was I like this. international spaceships. They're cool. <laughs> oh, but, um, my God, that, that was way cooler. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to cut right to the end of the movie because, you know, we're right getting to the end. Oh, Those man. are the only parts that you'd really want us to read. Well, uh, you know, there's basically, it's like, well, it's all bad, right? but it's like bad at the beginning, really bad in the middle, and really bad at the end. But at least it's funny. So basically, at the end here, we're looking at the fight between Sinestro. Sinestro. And Judd. Judd. All right, Mo. Break out your Sinestro. Oh. Work it out. Come on. Here we go. You guys ready for this? Yeah. Okay. Exterior (laughs) sky. Moments later, Sinestro is reciting at the microphone. Dangerous times call for the necessary restrictions. I am but one man. But I will do my very best to keep track of all of your interpersonal communications. I give you my word. Suddenly, he is grabbed from behind by a giant green hawk. The source of the beam is Judd's ring. No, Plato, what are you doing? You're at control, Cinzy. Plato, your will far exceeds your intellect. I'm restoring control. Look, man, maybe I can't handle this either. I'll give you that. But you're like 20 Nixons. I'm calling you the other Green Lanterns. What? Sinestro fights through the hawk and makes it bust apart, blowing Judd backwards. Sinestro fires a series of bullets that whack Judd repeatedly. Send them back. We don't need more disordered minds with chaotic methods. Judd is dazed, but angry, as he rears his ring back to charge at Sinestro. I'm not chaotic, Jed. Whatever you do, don't think of Elmo Titty Wanking Barbara Walters. What? I want to second that what. Barbara Walters, come on. I don't understand what I'm reading. <laughs> Judd points his ring and fires oh god. And fires a green <laughs> Elmo humping Barbara Walters' chest at Sinestro. <laughs> Damn it! (laughs) Let the weak mind step aside. A giant shoe kicks Judd. I'm not weak. Judd conjures a huge frying pan that slams Sinestro's head. Enough! You're not even a Green Lantern. This is my ring. Do you really believe that? That the noble Avensaur's ring would choose you of its own accord? What are you battling? I had my eye on this planet for many years. The varied life forms, the vegetation, the easily molded masses of simpletons. What the fuck's in this room? <laughs> <laughs> when Evans Ring contacted me for help, that was the opening. I canceled his signal. 
Then when his ring sought a successor, it was simply a matter to will direct it to miss the courageous test pilot and choose an impetuous, weak-minded fool. That's right, Judgey. You were a mistake. The common paralyzes Judd, and Sinestro charges at him and headlocks him. He is seemingly about to snap the day's Judd's neck. I should bring you before the Guardians for this insubordination, but even they have lost their sight of the need for order. Look how they made me waste time on you. I want it. I want it. I must end this chaos myself. Just in time. Judd summons his will and fires his ring straight into Sinestro's face. The blast shoots Sinestro backwards. Ah! I let my guard down! The chaos is in me! Judd conjures a giant, green, savage Sinestro with must... Mused? Must? 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 Mustard. <laughs> Mustard hair, no. Must <laughs> hair and torn outfit. Sounds kind of sexy, actually. <laughs> Sick of the savage Sinestro kicks Sinestro in the face, then gleefully messes <laughs> Sinestro's hair. No, the chaos is everywhere. The savage Sinestro rips Sinestro's uniform. Wow. <laughs> rips Sinestro's uniform. This isn't written, Mallory's just freestyling erotic. Then <laughs> picks his teeth and flings it at Sinestro. Sinestro flees. I must escape this now. Oh my god. Dun dun dun. Dancing. That's right. Ring lantern. Very good. Ring battle. I just forgot I had it. That was the weirdest thing. Alright. It's gonna get weird. That was weird. You got no idea what you're in for now. Have you seen the Green Lantern movie? There were all these jokes in the park. It wasn't supposed to be a joke. I know. This could be so. Alright. Let's move on. We ought to mention that these guys have no idea what we're going to give them also. So they're being as surprised as you are at what they're reading. Cold reading. More fun that way. Alright, we're moving on to... uh, Well, this is... I'm going to take this off because it's not right to wear it. We're talking Nick Cage's Superman. I will play... uh, I do Western Canada's worst Nick Cage imitation. So you can count on that. Um, Stage directions. Let's do... (laughs) Mallory. <laughs> I earned this. I know. I did not. Like this. And, uh, I really wanted to be on this. <laughs> I'm still trying right. to figure Listen, out why. You got, you're going to be Lois. Oh, okay. yeah. So Lois is, Lois is in pink, and oh. I'm Superman, I'm in blue. That's and gender. we'll get to you guys later. I know. It was, All right. was perfect. It was totally sexist. Okay. Are we ready? Yeah. Did you need a moment? No, I'm, I got my Nick Cage. Excellent. Well, not really. But here we go. <laughs> so Everybody ready for this? Be prepared for his Nick Cage. Okay, ready? Exterior of Mount Rushmore. Night. <laughs> On top of Jefferson's head. The remains of a picnic <laughs> dinner rest on a blanket. A small campfire glows before it. Superman and Lois lie together beside the fire, naked, wrapped warmly in his crimson cape. Oh, I like this already, right? Yeah. <laughs> you were right. It's a beautiful view. The stars look so close. <laughs> I can hear them. Lois looks at him, surprised. What do they sound like? Like they're singing. And I hear the birds in their nests across the valley. And the wolves moving in the hills. Wolves? Clark smiles. They're not close. And your heart beating. That's my favorite. (laughs) It must be strange being you. It's different. And being with you makes it all right. Lois turns and looks at him, kisses him softly. Is it always going to be like this? Grabbing a few hours when we can? Trying to make the most of them? It's been two years, Clark. I want to get married. Clark turns away. Not this again. (laughs) (laughs) We talked about that. Have children like normal people? Clark sits up. Naked in the moonlight. Trouble. Lois pulls the cape around her, staring at his back. I'm not 
normal. I'm not even human. My parents found me in a crater. Yes, and raised you and taught you right from wrong. They made you human, made you the man I love. Clark turns, looks at her, tormented. <laughs> Lois, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I am. I don't care. But even if you could make a child, how do you know it would live inside you? How do you know killing it? How do it wouldn't kill you? I'll take that chance. I can't. Every month I ask myself the same question. <laughs> For what purpose? For what reason? Why was I sent here? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you're already doing it. Clark shakes his head. I'm doing what I do because I can. But that's not an answer. I can feel what isn't there. It aches in me. I feel I know. I can't marry you. Lois just stares at him. Deeply wounded. Is what we have so awful? No, it's wonderful. It's just not enough. Superman, when did he become Superman? Look at her eyes. <laughs> Silent. He's dying inside. I don't think we should see each other for a while. Take me home. End scene. Oh, oh so romantic. <laughs> so romantic. Can you believe they didn't make that? <laughs> On Jefferson's head. <laughs> Who wrote it? Who wrote that screenplay? Uh, like 47 people took And every time they would write a new screenplay, like Nick Cage would go, No, I want it more like this. And then give it to some other writer. So it was fantastic. Uh, Nick wrote a lot of that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, this, idea. <laughs> this is uh, a quick one. Um, let's do something a little different. Let's get you to read the uh, stage direction. Okay. Okay. Because we need two females try, in this yeah. one. <laughs> but you'll never so, succeed. You How would you like to? Who want, anybody in the crowd? Anybody want to try a uh, a Nick Cage? Does yeah, anybody yeah, want to try and be a Nick? Can anybody else be Max? Somebody? No. All right. You want to try a Nick Cage there, in, uh, Alex? Yeah. All right, so you're blue. British Nick Cage. Bring okay. it. The uh, skull ship we'll give to Mallory. Yay! Wait, I'm a thing? She's, <laughs> the, skull, the skull ship is a girl. Okay. Oh, nice. And uh, you will be. Well, I'm gonna. I'll give you my seat. Oh, whatever. Yeah. I was like, I failed the table. <laughs> well, now it's a different panel. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, to be brainiac. Awesome. Jeff, suck you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big responsibility. It's hard, okay? Action. <laughs> Extranational. Exterior. <laughs> brainiac watches his soul ship. Suddenly, Brainiac heals him. He turns. I was wrong. You have to kill me more than twice. <laughs> brainiac prepares for battle, but Superman isn't there. Brainiac turns, confused. A fist smashes his face. He goes flying, and Superman flings him at a wall. Who's Brainiac? You, you are. I'm, oh, sorry, that's no. me. No, you are. Brainiac slides down, dazed. Superman picks him up. I'll pick up the throw. <laughs> oh, it's me. <laughs> I don't like you or what you did to my parents. There you go. What you did to their world. Oh no, he's turning into Mockney Superman. <laughs> what you did to my friends. And especially what you did to me. Pick up. Superman flings brain oh. across the rooftop. Crash. He hits hard. Bleeding. Beaten. Finished. Brainiac touches the communicator on his tunic. You hear the voice of the scholarship. Yes, my lord. Do you love me? Interior is scholarship. The earth looms very close to the skull's sockets. The holograph shows Brainiac dying on the roof. I do. That was very sad. Will you die for me? With me? 
I will. Oh God. No. <laughs> I am coming. <laughs> To to meet you. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Legendary. Why did you sign up for this? Brainiac and the uh, ship were. Was it the love interest? Part of each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically. That's that amazing. Really wow. Oh, 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 sorry. Really big explosion. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. All right, we got one last scene. And it's just, uh, I guess I better revise my uh, Nick Cage for this one. And I think you're going to have to do Lois because we had chemistry. Oh, yeah. But who wants to do stage directions? Oh, I always I want think, to do stage directions. Right, so but I feel like good. I also want to give it up to others. No, no, okay. No. Somebody else. Do you, do you want to sit down? What are you doing? Sit? We're going to give stage directions. We're going to give it to Stephanie. Yeah. Oh, what am I doing? <laughs> Orange? Orange cake. Alex? How are you doing? Oh, good. We're right beside <laughs> each other. This <laughs> is fantastic. All right. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> ah! Oh, no. The table shook. I'm going to fill in the really special effects font. That was the explosion right there. Yeah, see, that one's good at it. And I just forget which lines are mine. Just... Reading is hard. Yeah, you bet. Action. <laughs> Exterior. Another part of the hillside. Dawn. Lois and Clark watch the sunrise over the city. What happens now? Clark shrugs, thinking, glances skyward. I should say this is the very last scene in the movie. Just in case you're wondering. The fight's over, last scene. All right. There are people out there waiting for me. Lois, my people, they need me. I have to find them. You have people here too. Clark nods. I know. You belong to two worlds, Clark. You're going to have to choose. Clark nods. I'd like to point out that it doesn't just say Clark nods. It says Clark period nods period. Because even that has to be dramatic. I have. I know. <laughs> I'm going with you. Clark looks at her surprised. So I'm leaving? <laughs> oh dear. Lois nods with certainty. I know you, and I already lost you once. That was enough. How do you know you're invited? <laughs> I didn't write it. I did not write the script. Don't blame me. Lois stops and smiles, puts her arms around him, kisses him. Try and stop me. Clark smiles back. Hold on, though. <laughs> Hold on, Fade out. Woo! That's the camera draft. The love is just. I like that. I, I like that. Hold on, though. I think you need to, like, there's a lot of, like, those Superman. There's no way for someone to treat you. Does anybody in the audience want to read anything? We have parts. What do you want us to keep going? What do you want? Somebody want to read something? So we got, uh, we got. Coming up next, we got uh, Sergeant Rock, where Schwarzenegger was supposed to start Sergeant Rock. And then we found out later, Bruce Willis and Sylvester Stallone were also supposed to be in the movie. Now, I can't do Schwarzenegger too well, neither can Jeff, but he's going to try. And I am going to try and do my Stallone. But there are other parts. There's a million, actually. Uh, well, I mean, I'll happily take one. Uh, but, uh, yeah. I'll take three. <laughs> <laughs> okay, whatever's left over. I'll take, I'll take two. There's plenty left. We're fine. And then he said no, so now we have Yeah, Arnold, <laughs> Arnold <laughs> took off. Oh, my God. Arnold, uh, we had a great Arnold, and he left down. All right. <laughs> he left town. He left down. <laughs> Literally left town. <laughs> Literally left town. Okay, stage directions. And it was did he leave glitter in his way? Yeah, oh, just get Mike. Just what? Did he leave glitter in his way when he left? Oh, well, no, yeah. No, yeah no. no, he did not. Okay, so Rock, that's you, Jeff. Okay, and I am Coral, then. Uh, we need somebody to do... Yeah, I told you. It's, it's, a, it's a long, it's a hell of a scene. That's all I can say. That you can play the Fine. part of Voices in the Darkness and uh, <laughs> I I'd come back to the retread. I really appreciate that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yellow fever right here. 
You look scared. I, I uh, yeah, I'm curious. <laughs> I'm curious. You should be scared. I, uh, I feel. Whip yeah. snakes, just one line, but it's key. Takes a lot of, key. lot of. Gravitas. Gravitas. Who gravitas. wants to do it? Do I need like a? So there you go, man. Great word. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> She got that voice down. She's got that. She, your whip or your 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 yeah. Whip snack. Whip, what did I say? Whip snatch. I don't. Ooh, well, you better not don't okay. say that one. <laughs> and you are then beef. Oh yeah. Do your manliest you voice. Your beef. <laughs> your beef. Yeah. Like, beef. No, I'm just Easy company. Oh, it's gonna be great. He's an army guy. They do more Brett, comics. Brett, you got one line. You're Texas. Texas. Yeah. Texas. All right. I'm Texas. I'm gonna try that with a uh, with a Texas accent. So again, this would have been Sergeant Rock. Sergeant Rock with Schwarzenegger and Stallone. And uh, should we do this? You're doing uh, you're doing Bruce Mallory, you have to read the typo in the oh, yeah. stage directions. Oh yeah. I'm not reading stage Ready? directions. Whoever's reading stage directions has to read this typo. I just have a question about my character. How old Which is my character? You'll see. Alright. Can we stop? Should we do this? Let's do this. Alright, I'm on the ball. Sergeant Rock Rock. However old you want to make it. Gorilla. Is that pronounced correctly? Gorilla. Near the unconscious wild man, rock indicates the pale winter sun smearing the western horizon. Be dark soon, sir. We could sleep out then. Oh. <laughs> Say nodding. 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 No, there you go. Thank you. Uh, that, that must be what Baker's gonna do, too. Uh, wait for dark. Rock glances at Wildman. Then he looks at Goro, struggling with something. Something that's hard to say. Listen, sir, I know this isn't by fault. It was my idea, too. It was your idea, but it was my decision. I'm the officer, Sergeant. I am the law. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't in there. <laughs> I just couldn't read it. But I kind of talked you into looking him hard in the eye. I would have said no, Sergeant. Rock finds Goral looking him right in the eye. Goral's face is stubborn. He looks older. He's a peer now. Alright, sir. Among the boulders. You need to add a Jeff, you need to add a little more. <laughs> <laughs> It's pitch black, it's easy for bears to move out. Invisible in the darkness, there are sounds. Shoes scuffing, harsh grunts. You gotta lift. Uh. Okay, let's go. Ready, Sergeant? All set, sir. Texas point. Retread spear. Retread? Retread? Boom. Night. Clouds clear the moon, illuminating the night. Among the boulders, moonlight reveals retread as he looks upward, listening intently. A very faint droning sound comes from above the cloud above. Something crosses the moon, glimpsed briefly at the silhouette of a paratrooper. Then the clouds cover the moon and all is blackness again. Ah, shit, sir! Sir! Ten yards away, moments later, Rock and Goral. Having an urgent conversation in the darkness. <laughs> he only saw one man. He heard two planes. <clears throat> that means at least two squads. It could be a whole company. <laughs> then he went, surrounded, cut off, <laughs> behind us. The question is do we proceed or stay put? If we proceed, then we'll run into them up there in the wood. <laughs> <laughs> and they have the advantage. They're hunting us. We've got a wounded man. If we stay, we got a solid defensive position, right? And they'll have a tough time getting us, eh? Uh, but. What will we start here in the morning? Probably been down. Yeah, uh, between the devil and deep blue sea. Sweet poetry. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Between the rock and the hard place, there isn't any right answer, Lieutenant. Uh, uh, this is probably a wrong one. <laughs> I'm not gonna second guess you no matter how it turns out. Uh, we'll dig in. Uh, position the man in twos. Uh, they take turns staying away. Uh, and uh, tell him to be very alert. It might not be mortars and machine guns, but these could be commandos. Right, sir. Rock starts to move up, but Goral stops him. Also, uh, Sergeant. Rock stops and looks back. Uh, send a man off the flank about 50 yards. Sir. Uh, so he doesn't give our position away. I, I want to yell a warning to Baker about the paratroopers. They may not have seen them. Good idea, sir. Cut to along the slope minutes later. Whipsnake stands among the boulders and shouts at the top of his lungs. Hey! Baker! Hey, Baker, this is easy! The degenerate mindless pig Germans dropped an airborne company behind us! Watch your American ass! Watch! <laughs> Among the boulders, barely visible in the moonlight, Rock crouches with the others, listening as the shots cease and a sudden eerie silence begins. Nothing. No acknowledgement. They're not going to give their position away. Could be they fell back already. Away. Or maybe the paratroopers already got them. Cut their throats. Alright, knock it off. <laughs> Split up in two, stay turns watching. Stay alert. We're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> you know that? <laughs> Stuck here. We really got our got our tit in the way here. What have we gotten so far? What have we gotten so far? Titty what? Something about Titty Titty Listen up all of you. Beef's right. We're in a pile of sheep. It's my fault. I got us into this because I thought we should back up bigger. In the moonlight, hardened faces look solemnly at Rock, oh my God. listening to his apology. But Rock's voice is suddenly a cold snarl. His eyes are like flint. Well, that's tough, ladies. This is a war. We're supposed to fight. <laughs> now those guys in Baker, they might have a little more ammo than us. They might have a bazooka. But there's about ten of them, and about ten of us. They're just as beat up as us, just as tired as us, and they're not getting pussy anymore than we. <laughs> In fact, the crowds are pounding them a lot worse than us. And every time the crowds give those colored guys some sheet, those colored guys dish some sheet out. <laughs> Again, we didn't write this. What no, this is. This is. <laughs> what year is this from? <laughs> They wrecked three tanks today, and they held up a German column more than six hours. You think they fell back? You think they are dead? Or you think they got pissed off and they're on their way to Berlin? All right, and that's ten of them. What a string of the Fuhrer by his dick. End scene. Why is the problematic line underlined? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> So, like the rest of you, we had no idea what was going on, but it was fun. Uh, all right. Uh, I don't know. I, I'd have to look it up. I don't have that. I, look, I grabbed a little piece of a hundred-page script, Alex. I don't know. We we want to know. We want to know. Only if there's a way you can look things up on the map. David Webb Peoples. David Webb Peoples. Oh, right. What else has he written? The David Webb Peoples? Okay. That was right. amazing, Jeff. Right. I really well, I really love good. your <laughs> monologue at the end actually kind of okay. <laughs> We are now we're into the main event. Yeah. Alex. Oh. Okay, wait. Oh, let me. Oh, is this James Cameron's? Oh, yeah, 1987. Yeah. Was so, uh, <laughs> oh, man. Is there a grinding promoter? Because that was fun. There was no. No. Does it say what else he wrote? I'm super curious right now. Okay. James Cameron, of course, was going to do Spider Man in 1994. Could not get it done. But he was going to have either Leonardo DiCaprio or Edward Furlong from T2 as the Peter Parker. 
Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was supposed to play the villain, so you'll get to continue. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Yay! baby. Uh, <laughs> of course. So here you go. But first up, Mary Jane. Ooh. Okay. Stage direction. Yes. <laughs> Edward Furlong from T2. There you go. The young Edward Furlong done in a British you file. Yeah, could, you, could you do it with a British accent? Yes. The one who comes out all naked? <laughs> um, kid. Sorry, what? The kid. Oh, you're, the, you're the kid from T2. Oh, yeah, I was thinking of the wrong I'm not the actor that no one remembers. He's not done much of that. And you're not in this scene. I'm not the actor. He was a kid. He's a little bit. <laughs> We're about to get a. Uh, well, you know what? Just read it. Yeah. Are we good okay. to go? Is that, sorry, is that my cue? Well, yeah, uh, sure. Are yeah. we waiting for something? No, no. <clears throat> <clears throat> oh boy, Chris, you're in for a right ride now, mate. You guys, this oh, is yeah. so exciting. It starts on such a strong note. Are you ready for this? Here we go. Mary Jane goes alone to her private spot. She is sitting, thinking. When she hears something behind her, she turns. A Spider-Man drops down to her and gasps, startled by his sudden presence. Do you still trust me? His, or her answer is a kiss, sweet and soulful, their lips separated by the sheer fabric of the mask. She can feel his breath on her face. <laughs> oh, where are you going? It's a surprise. Cut to the Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> on top of the bridge tower. Hold a beat. We hear screams approaching. Spidey appears and sets her on terra firma. She clings to him, looking down and around in wonder. He has put the world at her feet. She can't believe this is happening to her. In a dizzying down angle, we see how the suspension cables all meet radially at the top of the tower, like the treads of some vast spider web. I'm really stretching for metaphors here. <laughs> Peter and MJ seem to sit at the very center of the web, surrounded by the lights of the city. She stands with her back against a girder, needing to feel something solid. Spider-Man stands before her, a perfectly formed male silhouette with a soothing low voice. <laughs> Courtship among the spiders is highly ritualized. It varies from species to species. Did you know that? The male spider may circle the female or wave his front legs to signal that he is not prey. Spider-Man moves in a hypnotic arc around her. He raises his hands in a dance-like movement, lowers them. The female usually signals her willingness by an uncharacteristic passivity. And she takes a deep breath. Her lip trembles. Her knees are weak. Her eyes, though, are steady gazing at the silhouette before her. She doesn't move or up, up, up speak. He moves closer. In certain crab spiders, the male will attach strands of silk to the female, tying her limbs. Spider-Man moves his hand gracefully across her, and she sees the sheerest silk webbing glinting in the moonlight. First one wrist, then the other. Hypnotic movement in the moonlight. Her arms are bound to the wall. Her breathing gets more rapid. Since the female can break free at any time, the bombs have only symbolic significance. That male must be very bold to take such liberties with the predatory female. Oh, yes. He is very bold. But he must also trust her. He moves very close. Close your eyes. He removes his mask and kisses her. Their mouths very slowly, very devour each other. Peter and MJ are locked together. He is mesmerizing, gentle, powerful. He pushes up her skirt. They make love. I love the world. She doesn't love her. Best spider movie ever. What was it rated? It's a 
Spider-Man. You don't have to read it all. That was amazing. James Cameron's vision. And that was Disney? I need a cold shower. <laughs> all right, we got one more. You guys all remember Edward Furlong from T2, right? Was Everybody he the naked guy? Hey, did you guys know that? Just real quick. He also made a, a music album. I just want to play like 30 seconds here. Uh, this is uh, People Are Strange from the Doors, but his version. And uh, no. we have to play it. If, no. But maybe we don't. Damn it! <laughs> Son of a... Well, I, I, I guess... So anyways, we'll move on. Like you. <laughs> you would. Five minute warning. Yep. Yeah, we have one last scene. Alright. Last scene. Oh my god. You are strand? That is. I know, that's like the Electro character. Maybe not. You, of course, are Peter. Okay, Peter's back. back. He's still horny. Oh, she returns. Is this what, what's her name? That lady from Fifty Shades of Grey? Is this what she feels like when she writes this stuff? What? I oh, I hope so. Does she feel like... E.L. James, is that her name? Seriously. Horny? Is that how she feels? I don't know, I just, I just think that, yeah, like, wow, it must Jane. be really exciting to write this kind of stuff, you know? This is the final, or this is kind of a climactic scene here for, uh... a different type of climactic scene. All right, there Are we, we go. Going? Okay. This is everybody. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. Strand is the name of the Electro character that's a villain. Hey, go. It's a myth that people need heroes. People hate heroes. Heroes make them feel bad. Is he gone Jamaican? But creating examples they can never give up to. MJ looks at Spider-Man. It is impossible to read his expression through the mask from her perspective. Though by clever lighting, we will be able to see the uncertainty in his eyes. Misery loves company, and everybody's miserable. You go around in your long underwear coming off like to them like some poor little now saint. Mister, my socks don't smell. You're heading for a big fall. They hate you. Strand steps up to Peter. I want this to work out. You're a smart kid, like those phony bracelets. That was a good idea. What are you talking about? Strand puts his hand on Peter's shoulder. Son, I know your secret. See, I have the weapons here you left all over my living room analyzed. It's real spider silk. He grabs Peter's rip, ooh, wrist and rips off the fake wrist shooters. Looks closely at his wrists, bends the hand back, forcing the spinneret to poke out a little. Mary Jane looks a little shocked at that one. Peter sees the fear in her eyes and his will seems to collapse. He sees the everything she feels for him changing in a second. It's true, he's a freak. He is no longer human. You can take off the costume, but you will always be the Spider-Man. <laughs> it's, it's just Spider-Man. <laughs> the point is you are not a hero. You are a spider, and spiders are predators. They live to kill. They are pure. <laughs> they are powerful. I don't made them. There are no merciful spiders. There are no vegetarian spiders. It is no time for you to face and accept your true nature. Strand turns again to the window, this time putting his arm around Peter's shoulders. Join me. Together we can shake this stupid planet down for its last nickel. Take what is rightfully yours. You've been given a great gift for a reason. Peter stares for a long time. It all makes so much sense, and it seems to explain so much of what he feels. All this churning confusion. Strand walks to a shape about the size of two refrigerators and covered by a tarp. He pulls back the tarp to reveal... Money. Neatly stacked bank slipped piles of hundreds. Six feet tall by eight feet long. Mary Jane gasps. Of course I sell them carry cash, but I had to bring this for demonstration purposes. Much <laughs> <laughs> more dramatic than my bank statement, don't you think? How much is that? It's about 250. Thousand? Million, dear girl, million. It's all I had lying around in this short moment. You know, I took some money once. It was easy. It was just sitting there. It was the solution to all my problems. And there was nobody to stop me. So I took it. And you know what I found out? What, son? That there is a line you don't cross. 
and that sometimes you only find that line by tripping over it first. Sorry, tripping it, tripping over it the first time you cross it. But once you do, you always know right where it is. Oh please, next you're going to tell me that they gave the money back. Well, yeah, more or less. This is a disappointment. Listen, you want to talk about fate? Maybe there is a reason for all of this. Maybe I was put here to stop guys like you when nobody else has the balls. Strand moves without warning, grabbing Mary Jane before Peter can pull her away. She feels the current running through her. Peter lunges forward and Strand turns up the juice. Mary Jane cries out. <laughs> Peter stops. He can only watch helplessly as Strand toys with her life. Strand grabs her head and kisses her. The voltage makes her hair shoot straight out. <laughs> She starts doing the Watusi. <laughs> What's the Watusi? Uh, uh, okay, carry on, guys. Carry on. <laughs> he breaks the kiss. She slaps the shit out of him, and he kisses her again, this time at a much higher voltage. MJ starts to convulse wildly. She bucks and goes still. Her head falls back, and Peter sees her staring eyes, pupils fixed and dilated, dead as they come. Peter can only stare in horror. Mm, what do we do now? Call 911. <laughs> I'll kill you! Beep, 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 beep! You hear me? You're dead, you sick! Beep! Swear horror. We've got a little boy in the room. Alright, alright, sorry, alright, do it again. I'll kill you, mother funster! You hear me? You're dead, you sick <laughs> son of a illegitimate parent. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's my point exactly. You are a killer kid. You've got it in you. Why don't you accept it? You want to rip my throat out right now. We've been, we've been given an X. No, I mean, like, the time. Yes. Come on. I don't, okay, but, okay. Strand puts his hand on Mary Jane's sternum and zaps her with a dribbling pulse. She arches and relaxes. Her heart starts, her chest starts to move. She opens her eyes weakly, seeing Strand looking down on her. Oh. Strand. Where the hell are we? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's real electricity between us, don't you? Peter goes berserk. He fires webs at MJ, jerking her out of Strand's arms before oh. he can react. He dives out of the way of Strand's first bolt of lightning, which sets a wall on fire. Peter tackles MJ and scoops her up, diving right behind, the, right through the glass, a quarter mile up. Her scream vanishes on the wind. <laughs> Strand in a fury runs to the window, looking down. No sign of Spider-Man. Looking up, he catches a glimpse of a figure leaping out from one tower to the next, carrying MJ to safety. He fires a lightning bolt, which steers through the night. It explodes glass out of the north tower. On the roof of the tower, Spider-Man gets MJ to the stairwell door. He rips it off its hinges, and he tells her to run. She starts down, then turns back to him. I love you. Cool. I want to Thank you so much. Alexander Finbo, Paul Ashley Hartley, and Valerie Linus. Yeah! And me, I'm Brett Monroe. Good job. Good job, everybody. Thank you very much. Good job. One last round of applause for the volunteers. They kick ass. Y